0: or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: I don't know. I think that Christmas crab could be the next big thing.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, it's already the big thing in my heart right now. <laughs> so, I mean, there's like, the
1: Christmas island crabs, and they all go yeah. crabbing around. So why not Christmas right. crab? I
2: I appreciate that you're trying to ground it in any kind of reality. I didn't right. need that at all. Well, like, like, it was enough for me.
1: You know, like we have it. all these religions and we disagree right? on them sometimes, but I think we could all agree on life like a gift crab.
2: Yeah. I mean, just imagining its claw, like removing its hat in salutation. Right. That's all I need.
1: Greetings. That's all I am I need. the Christmas crab. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Let me click at you. Yeah. Merrily, yeah. you know?
1: Really can snip uh, gift wrapping really easily with little claws. My
2: God can you imagine the ribbon work that a christmas crab good, could
1: do such good such like getting that that twirl that spiral oh, perfect spirals yeah, yeah yeah i tried to
2: do that and uh my body refuses to learn how to do it so thankfully the christmas crab yeah can christmas bless crab me. yeah
1: i've been yeah. recording all of this i might leave it in me too <laughs>
2: <laughs> i don't mind a stupid bit why yeah, not <laughs> why
1: not let's let's not? uh let's let's pretend um Okay, and then intro music now.
2: Great, great.
1: Welcome to Creature Feature, production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Many Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and today on the show, Pick Your Poison... There are lots of different things we know we should not put in our mouth, like cyanide, parasites, a styrofoam coffee cup you got out of the trash. But some animals have found a way to expand their culinary tastes, or even benefit from things that would make a human restaurant shut down and the chefs go to prison. Discover this and more as we answer the age old question, why are scientists so mean to larvae? Joining me today is writer, director, co-host of One Upsmanship on this here iHeartRadio network, and also friend of the pod, Adam Ganser. Friend. friend. Yes,
2: thank you for having me.
1: You're very thank welcome. You so
2: much. Yeah. Friend is my favorite of those titles. Yeah. Just, you know, that's the one. Friend. I'm excited about that.
1: Joining <laughs> me is Friend.
2: <laughs> thank you. That's all I needed. Yeah. Uh, and I'm thrilled about it. I love that you picked this topic for me because, you know, look behind the curtain. Katie asked me, is there any topic you'd like to explore? And I was like, how could I ever suggest a topic that'd be better than what you picked? This is so much better than anything I could have thought of. (laughs) I'm so so excited about it. I I love it.
1: Today, we are actually talking about animals who do eat garbage, poison, and other things that should not be good for them, but somehow they manage, which I think is inspirational. Uh, Yeah, I think that especially around this holiday season, there's a lot of like shaming around like, oh, no, it's the holidays. I'm going to eat a lot of garbage and then feel bad about it. I feel like you should just commit. If you're going to eat something that's like, no, I really shouldn't. It's like, no, you know what? I should eat this. This is good. Yeah.
2: yeah. Order that second Baja Blast. <laughs> Put that in your body. <laughs>
1: You know what I mean?
2: Just go all the way. It's the holidays, bro. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, yeah. unless you have some direct orders from your doctor not to, it's like, um, if you, it's like, uh-oh, I'm eating pie. I should feel bad. It's like, no, you, once you've committed to eating the pie, um, enjoy it.
2: Yeah. yeah. The real doctor here is animals and what they're doing. Yeah. yeah so let's listen to their prescription.
1: Doctor animals say, eat your <laughs> <Yeah>. own babies. <laughs> That's-
2: <laughs> Is that mostly what we're going to be eating
1: today? Uh, no, <laughs> Babies? no, no. Babies okay. aren't garbage. What are you saying, right. Adam? <laughs> what, what
2: am I saying? You're right. <laughs>
1: How dare you? How absolutely dare you?
2: I'm no longer a friend of this podcast.
1: <laughs> Unfriended. Um. No, yep. so we're actually first going to talk about cyanide. Cyanide. Great. Um, <laughs> it's something you don't generally want to consume.
2: Hot That's food. what I've heard. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that, that's what I know about it so far.
1: Yeah. It blocks your cells from being able to use oxygen molecules by binding to enzymes and stops cell metabolism, which is bad for the cell. It kills the cell, and then also you.
2: Mm. mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Sounds bad. Doesn't yeah. sound good.
1: No. It's bad. It's but does bad. it
2: is it does it also taste amazing?
1: <laughs> is that the mm. thing I'm gonna learn? It no. tastes so good though. Apparently it has a slightly Wait, is that arsenic? Is it arsenic Almond-y? or yeah? Is that arsenic that has the almond smell, or is it cyanide? I don't
2: know. I've heard. I know that factoid. I just don't know which one is true. But I've heard that
1: factoid. Yeah, I'm gonna Google yeah. it. Um, Great. Is it arsenic almond smell? Great. Um, I, I bet you cut
2: this out. But if you don't, I I love that you typed all that in.
1: No, no, cyanide. I know the FBI is now like, haha, got her. Um, <laughs> got her. So, no, no, it is cyanide that has a slight sort of almondy smell. Okay. Yeah. Uh, not that almonds are bad for you, but cyanide definitely is. So, right. um, yeah, there are actually antidotes to cyanide poisoning. They're not foolproof. So, don't like, you know, try it as a prank. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the way that the antidotes work is by being able to bind to cyanide. And so, by binding to cyanide, they prevent the cyanide from binding to the enzymes that facilitate the use of oxygen. So like our cells okay. and stuff, when you think about cellular biology, it's all kind of like lock and key mechanisms or like little like puzzle pieces fitting together. It's, all these, it's like a Rube Goldberg machine happening inside your body. Um, and so when you have something like cyanide, it like gunks up the process attaches to something it should not be attaching to and then prevents it from uh, using oxygen. And then so this antidote basically like grabs onto the cyanide and it's like, whoa there, buddy. Nope. You (laughs) settle down. You settle down. You're coming with me. So uh, cyanide is bad, generally, for all animals. Um, So how could any animal ever eat cyanide and be okay? I guess the... Preliminary question is, why would you want to eat cyanide? It's not a thing anyone should, you know, plan on.
2: Right. It also is like, why that can't be the only food there is, whoever's doing this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
2: that's another weird factor.
1: So plants actually often use toxins to protect themselves from being eaten by unwanted pests, a common toxin used by plants is hydrogen cyanide. For the record, mm. hydrogen cyanide has also been used by humans in chemical warfare during World War I and World War II. It's been involved in a lot of war crimes. It's very extremely nasty stuff. Um, but if you want to be able to have open access to like the world's most dangerous salad bar where you get like no competition from other animals... <laughs> Uh, you would definitely want an immunity to that plant toxin. And, that makes sense. Yeah. Of course, I'm using the term want like in a non literal sense. What's really happening right. is that any evolutionary like accident that allows an organism to eat a plant protected by a toxin will offer that animal a huge advantage because now it has um, this like relatively uncompeti like non competitive area niche where it can like eat a plant that nothing else is trying to eat and then now it's healthy and can pop out a bunch of offspring so it's like
2: it's like the hometown buffet in santa monica (laughs) dude if you're gonna eat there you're the only one eating there
1: it's golden corral um like what's like an off time like when when would the senior citizens not go to golden corral
2: (laughs) Anytime after six PM?
1: I guess <laughs> so, like, right? Like They're you, they're
2: out of commission then. Yeah. Right.
1: So yep. hey, what could possibly an, evolve an immunity to cyanide? Well, Adam of That's all the I mean. animals, what kind of animal you think would do this kind of thing?
2: <sighs> okay. So God, what would it be? I don't like I want it to be like some kind of like angry badger. Some kind Mm. of really intense badger, like it. It burrows underground. It eats cyanide. It's like (laughs) the old grandpa. It's the old grandpa of rodents. That's what I want. Yeah. In my day,
1: we went up. We walked up the hill both ways in the snow. We ate cyanide, and we were grateful for it.
2: (laughs) And we were grateful for it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, That's right. No, sadly not. I wish that were the case as well. But as is typical, the answer of what the hell is this thing doing? It's arthropods, insects, Uh, and yeah. Certain arthropods, including mites and the larvae of certain species of butterflies and moths, have developed an immunity to cyanide. Uh, in fact, some insects, such as burnet moths, use the ingested cyanide as a toxic defense against predators. So they've definitely, that makes sense. yeah, they've they've taken this thing. They've made lemonade. Sci- they've taken... life gave okay. Life gave them cyanide. <laughs> So they yep. made cyanide aid.
2: Yep, they yeah. did. That's what, it's like it's like they dress themselves entirely in grenades. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> it's like, sure, give it your best shot, bro. We're all and going down with you, And they eat the grenades. You, yeah, yeah, and they eat the grenades, but they can Don't them. also, another like.
1: suggestion, helpful tip, don't do that either.
2: Yeah, that's a bet. If they haven't done it on jackass, mm. definitely don't do it. Right. Like, if they've done it on jackass, d- don't do it then either. But yeah. if they haven't done it, Yeah, that's that's like the.
1: It's kind of like, in a way, Jackass teaches you safety, right? Because you just don't do anything they do or what they don't do.
2: Yeah, don't just stay away from Jackass. (laughs) Stay away from it.
1: (laughs) So, how can they tolerate cyanide? Well, they have an enzyme that converts deadly hydrogen cyanide into its non deadly form, beta cyanoalanine.
2: I'm so glad you do this part of the podcast. The if I had to read stuff? one of those, if I had to read one of those names, yeah, I'd be exposed immediately. <laughs> I'd be shown the I'd be shown the podcast door and kicked out right there.
1: Exposed as someone who doesn't know <laughs> what happens <laughs> when you convert hydrogen cyanide into its non-lethal form.
2: That's right. They take my monocle away immediately. My yeah. podcast Hoser. monocle would be, uh, confiscated. <laughs> yep, that's right.
1: Uh, I think I felt yeah. I I felt a little Sheldony when I said that just now, and it felt not great. I
2: liked it, but I but uh, I liked it in a laughing at it way.
1: Mm-hmm. So laughing you know. at me. Yeah. Well, yeah. This, okay. This time. That's fine. Yeah. That's okay. That's I'm fine. cool That's with fine. that. Right. See, I'm cool right. with that. Um, you are. Yeah. So <laughs> interestingly, <laughs> the gene that codes for this cyanide detoxifying enzyme may not have originated in animals so it appears to have originated in bacteria well what the heck is going on here well is this
2: going to be like eating inception is this going to be like the the mo- like the not the moths, the butterflies eat the bacteria which eats the cyanide and like it keeps them all safe
1: that is it gonna sounds be like that that sounds cool but it's even weirder
2: okay. it is
1: that they actually have this dna in their genetic code. So like this is a case of horizontal evolution. So mm. vertical evolution is what is what we're all used to. It's, you know, like your parent pops you out, gives you some DNA and, you know, makes sense. Horizontal evolution is when an organism has genes introduced it from something like a virus or a bacterium. Um, But it doesn't come from the parent. It comes from another uh, organism. So like bacteria often have horizontal evolution, but animals, this is actually quite rare for animals. We don't have a lot of horizontal evolution because it requires some weird circumstances like a a virus's DNA or a bacteria's DNA somehow getting introduced to a cell and then somehow that cell incorporating that into its own dna
2: that does sound strange and like vampiric or something
1: it does doesn't it it's it's yeah, a little, little bit. it's a little it's a little wacky and strange um yeah. but yeah so the the speculation based on well it's not quite speculation there's there's some pretty good science behind it where they have tracked back like the origin of this uh th- this genetic code that allows them to produce this enzyme to bacteria now they don't know exactly how this horizontal like when and how like um under what circumstances this happened but it it's kind of interesting that yeah these uh arthropods have stolen this dna from bacteria to be able to um you know basically eat cyanide and not die
2: it sounds a little like, like Fountain of Youthy or something, like they have like their own uncharted heist going on here or something, where the answer, the arthropods got together like, we got to get this power. It's only <laughs> stored in this one bacteria. You go, and they assemble a team, and there's a yeah. montage, Yeah, and they Oce- steal the, the bacteria.
1: It's going to be Ocean's 27 is going to cover this ground. <laughs>
2: yes, that's right. It's just going to get already in the works.
1: The oceans are going to become increasingly abstract. Where at some point yeah. we're just going to have sort of like lines stealing like the the third Points. dimension. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Like yes, so that's exactly what it's going
2: to be. Yeah. You're just basically watching like a math tutorial, but mm-hmm. it's got that really cool score to it, and mm-hmm. it turns out that one of them was a line all along or whatever. Right. There's always a twist. So.
1: Right, it's like Ocean's Fifty is going to be you in like a sensory deprivation tank with flashes of light, and you imagine the movie.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And then you pay for that, right? That's how it works. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, that sounds like the
2: ultimate heist, right there. It really
1: does. You've been heisted, brain heist.
2: Yep, brain (laughs) heist. That's what they'll call it. Ocean's Fifty, brain heist. It's pretty good
1: well actually when we come right back we are gonna talk about a literal brain heist no really? yes really
2: how, how did you do this
1: I don't I, it's magic it's magic
0: man I brain yeah, heisted you you've been brain There's, heisted
2: I seriously I feel like I ate something that tricked me. <laughs>
0: Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. All right, and
1: we are back. And as promised, we're going to talk about Brain Heist. Adam, have you ever heard about T. Gondii or Toxoplasmosis?
2: Can't say that one crossed my desk at any point mm-hmm. that I recall. Did yeah. you get the memo? Uh, probably, but it was I thrown see- out by my assistant, uh, who I uh, CC'd we you. were... We're seeking to replace. I C BC, <laughs> C B
1: B yeah. B C C C B C B D. Yeah, yeah. yeah know, on got, that it, one. Yeah, it
2: got it got it got lost in the junk folder. B B S Q. Yeah,
1: thank you. Uh, well, T. Gondii or toxoplasmosis is that thing where a rat gets infected uh, with this microscopic protozoan. And when that hmm. rat is infected, it causes these brain lesions and alters hormone production, making them fearless and possibly even attracted to cats. Because what?: Yeah. So this suits the T. gondii, um, because the T. gondii, this little little protozoan, reproduces only in the intestines of cat species. can be house cats or wild cats. And so it will get, okay, this is a weird thing that a lot of parasites end up doing where, like, they will disperse themselves by being eaten by one thing or accidentally picked up by one thing. And then that thing gets eaten by another thing. And now they're in the place where, like, hey, this is the singles bar where we wanted to meet up and reproduce. <laughs> right? Yeah. But it's
2: the wrong bar? So they met the wrong. Is that is that the is no, that the analogy? No, it,
1: it's actually it's like so the tat the the rat is like the Uber that they take to get to the singles bar, which is the cat intestines. But when the Uber parks, it's parking inside the club because it just got eaten by the cat.
2: The, yeah, right. Yeah.
1: The, I if, for clarity, rat accidentally ingests t Gondii. t Gondii does a brain heist, takes over rat brain, makes a rat go like, "Ooh, kitty, cute, I love it." Goes up to the cat. Rat gets eaten by the cat. Cat is like, great, this is a weirdo, but I'll eat it. Cat now infected with T. gondii. T. gondii, you know, mates and reproduces inside the cat intestine. Cat poops. Now T. gondii is out there again, ready to infect another rat.
2: How do we know that? I mean, I know there's an actual answer, and this is half bit. How do we know everything that likes cats doesn't have this virus, <laughs> right? How, like, right? I, like, right. That is a sorcery. That is biological sorcery.
1: I mean, that's like I, there have been sort of jokes about that where it's like, oh, maybe humans who are infected with T. Gondii like like cats. Um, but the there is a truth to that, which is kind of weird. Uh, there have been no conclusive studies that I've seen about humans liking cats because they're infected with T. Gondii. I think we like cats just because they're adorable little murderers and we love like true crime and we love to pet soft things. So true crime p- plus like a soft thing is a cat. Um, that's
2: right. That's <laughs> yep. That's the math.
1: That's the math. So yeah. Uh, yeah so, so T. Gondii. We have talked about T. Gondii on the show before, but I got some cool updates on T. Gondii. Um, uh, so <clears throat> first of all, It's not just rats that T. gondii can have an effect on in terms of behavior. Um, Chimpanzees infected with T. gondii have been observed to be attracted to leopard urine, Um, meaning they're like, "Mm, this smells great. I like leopards. Sounds cool. And then uh, leopards, uh, by the way, just small detail, they love to eat chimpanzees. So not a great idea for a chimpanzee to, like, be attracted to the smell of a leopard. But, again, the T. gets in the chimpanzee's brain. Probably, like, the idea is that they cause some, like, cysts or brain lesions that alters the hormone production and then does a weird thing where the chimpanzee goes from, like, being afraid of the cat pee to, like, being kind of into it. Like, being like, hey, this, this seems cool.
2: This is terrifying. Yes. This is this is an objectively terrifying thing, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Like
2: just imagining the chimpanzee council trying to diagnose this. Yeah. <laughs> like, why do we keep having, you know, why did Todd go over there and fall in love with a jaguar or whatever? Right. Right. Doctor animals. Be amazing.
1: What's the answer? Well, did you try eating cyanide or your own babies?
2: <laughs> then I'm out of ideas. Not I, I mean very like the, That fixes everything.
1: Not yeah. very helpful, Doctor Animals, but boy, does right. he get the job done. Yeah, and also hyena cubs who have been infected with T. gondii may lose their fear of lions uh, and may be more likely to stroll up to a lion. So observational studies have found that hyena cubs that are infected with T. gondii approach, uh, approach lions more, more often.
2: This is incredible.
1: Right. Like It's, it's so
2: weird that that would work.
1: Right, it's bizarre, you know I mean? where it's like, yeah, like, this protozoan is like, well, I need to be, like, it's so choosy, too, and, like, spoiled. Right. It's like, I need right. to be in a cat intestine, and nothing else will do. And then it, it it makes sure that this poor animal that's infected is, like, suddenly, like, okay, I will wander up to this cat. Oh, wow. Hello, kitty. You're very large. I guess you're going to eat me. Oh, well.
2: Like, so this is obviously a dumb question. But are they sure that those that this this is a, a protozo- or protozoan? Yeah. That this protozoan, when put in any creature, wouldn't make it attracted to its corresponding cat genesis?
1: I just don't. Yeah. It, it's it's weird because it's not necessarily. I don't think it's not that they have disproved that they're not okay. sure that doesn't happen. I just don't think they've found evidence that. Every animal is attracted to cats after being infect- after being infected with T. gondii. So Like they wouldn't
2: test that. Like they wouldn't take it and inject it into a hippo and see, let's see if it likes leopards now. No, I,
1: they, no, wouldn't they definitely wouldn't right. do that. Of course not.
2: Right. <laughs> that'd be that'd be monstrous. Who would suggest it? Right, exactly.
1: Who who indeed? Um yeah. <laughs> I mean, later in the show we are gonna talk about researchers doing messed up things, but they <laughs> anyways.
2: I was I was waiting for that. Yeah,
1: it'll it'll be fun. Uh, I, I have immense respect for biology researchers, and yet again, once again, I would like to remind people that biology researchers can. It's like it's so good that they like biology and not murder, because like right, it, it the God kind, only knows right, like the fiendish brains of the they they're doing stuff for good mostly. Um, so, anyways. <laughs>
2: Uh, <laughs> what? what a terrifying description of your job. It's mostly good what they're doing. Yeah. Thank God. Most
1: of the times. Most of the times. My god. I think uh ethically wow. okay. Um Yeah,
2: that would be that would be a tough job to navigate mm-hmm. emotionally, I think. You know, it's got to be a lot of for the greater good.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, like I, I once, when I was in college, I like took care of some, um, cotton-top tamarins that were involved in behavioral studies. And even though these mm-hmm. were non-invasive studies, meaning they weren't like, uh, there was no surgery, the animals weren't killed or physically harmed in any, in any ways, it was still like uncomfortable because it's like, as much as I enjoyed taking care of them, it's like, they should be in the wild. This feels right. wrong.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: And like, I'm not going to like name any names, but like, I do feel like in that specific instance, I don't think the research really justified having these captive animals in my, you know, take it as it's worth opinion. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> but
2: I, it's worth a lot <laughs> compared to mine.
1: Uh, <laughs> and I, you don't
2: you even brain heist me. So, you I know, like heist, I just agreed. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so speaking of brain heist, uh, more research has come out about T. gondii and its effects on other animals. And surprisingly, it may not always lead to death by kitty cat and in fact can lead to positive results seemingly, which is very interesting. So Hmm. wolves who are infected with T. gondii may get a confidence boost that enables them to start their own packs and venture out into the world.
2: I was gonna say this the, the effect of this brain heist really does feel similar to the effect of one too many beers where you think right. maybe I could maybe I could hit on that person on the other side of the bar, right? Only usually that person is a cat and I'm a rat in this metaphor.
1: For me, alcohol enables me to do worse and worse bits and thinking they're good. And, <laughs> and, committing, <that> they're good. <laughs> and committing to bits that I really shouldn't yeah. be. Yeah, like I right. remember once at college, my my darkest moment was when I had a few many two, few many two beers, like yep. right now, uh, yeah. no, a few too many beers, and I was like sitting on some girl's sweater, and she's like, "Oh, excuse me, you're you're sitting on my sweater." I'm like, "Keeping it warm for you," and she gave me a look of utter disgust. It's like, well, you know,
2: <laughs> you're like, "No, nah, the math adds up to that." Was funny, lady. Yeah, yeah. That's in retrospect. That, that's-
1: I was yeah. right, and she yeah. was wrong. No and doubt. And it probably was warm, and it was winter, so what the heck? No doubt. Yeah, exactly. I can
2: remember a dis- I can remember a distinct moment when one too many beers made me stop remembering that waitresses are never flirting with you. You know what I mean? <laughs> there was like one beer where I was like, maybe she really is flirting. Yeah, she like, was not flirting. Like,
1: hey, sugar, yeah. and it's like, I'm your <laughs> nah, sugar? I'm your sugar... It's real, me? I and mean, then
2: my friend, my friend, thought that was hilarious. That like I started like maybe I think she's really. He thought that was very funny. She called me uh,
1: Hun. I think she's into me. That's.
2: <laughs> that's right. That's I got brain heisted. She by, asked you know, me how my meal
1: is. She cares about me. She's
2: gotta be into me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now was this waitress a giant uh, jaguar, or leopard? Could have been.
2: Uh, could have been. She. Because she was merciful that day, she uh, waved me away as soon as I was like, uh, one quick personal question. No, thanks. <laughs>
1: like, that was the end of
2: that. I was like, really noted. Well, you so know?
1: so wolves do kind of get the, the uh, one too many beer like confidence boost from the yeah. ST Gondii, apparently. So before we proceed, I think it's important to uh, talk a little bit about wolf packs. So Absolutely a lot of the info on wolf pack behavior is outdated because like that stuff about like alpha dominance um, was based on research done on captive wolves. Uh, And captive wolves, like a lot of captive animals, their behavior is very different from wild wolves. Uh, Captive wolves, like they may be housed with a bunch of unrelated wolves. Uh, Usually they have less space And so this tends to lead to conflict. So like smaller spaces mean there's going to be more aggression because often in the wild, if you have some kind of conflict, the favored way to avoid that is to give each other space. Um, So like, uh, you know, and so like the researchers may have accurately observed these captive wolves, but it in no way kind of reflected the behavior of wild wolves. So wild wolf packs are more like a family. Um, So uh, instead of this like thing of like alphas dominate betas as much as pickup artists would like this to be true, uh, a pack structure for wolves is like there's parents and then a bunch of kids and the parents kind of lay down the law for the kids. Um, So you have an alpha breeding pair, which is like typically the mother and the father of the rest of the pack. Uh, Sometimes there are unrelated wolves who will, like, join the pack if they are accepted. So it's basically like a big Thanksgiving with a bunch of siblings and then maybe some, like, family friends that tag along um and then like the the mother and father wolf are sort of enforcing rules about like who gets to eat first and like, hey, sit down, sure. mind your table manners, that kind of thing. Don't and
2: bring up this topic, it pisses off your uncle. That whole thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Don't remind him of that time he got his paw stuck in a wolf trap. Uh, you know, he he's aware. Like yeah. He, he likes to aware. talk
2: about it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it'll be thirty yeah. minutes gone. So yeah, overall, these are like kind of family dynamics. Um, there, there is something of, there is like a hierarchical structure, but it's much less this thing of like, well, the alpha wolves like dominate the lesser's and like you know bully them into submission, and more like you know mom and dad sort of get mad at you.
2: <laughs> so, but, so like that analogy suggests. There's something a little more nurturing about that
1: environment. Exactly. Is that, am yes. I wrong in thinking that? You're not wrong. No, that's
2: that's what you want me to think. Okay, great. No,
1: that you're not wrong. I mean, it's okay. Obviously, more complicated than like say, it, or it's a, it's different from say like family relations with humans. Like typically, we don't bite our offspring. Um, typically, when we're mad at them. So, yeah. <laughs> uh But you know, it, it's you know like. I would say, so the offspring gain an advantage by being in this group, uh, even if like some of the rules seem kind of like unfair, like the alpha, you know, sometimes like the alphas will get the best choice of the meat or something, but like they also are teaching their offspring how to hunt. They are working together to bring down larger prey than any of them could bring down individually. That makes sense. So, you know, it is, and, and, and so it is more of a like, cooperative dynamic than just this sort of bully kind of ordering. Like I have you around. in my thrall.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I've enthralled you. Yeah. Right.
1: Exactly. So, Yeah. so that, that's good background to know because we're going to talk about wolves, like being more confident <laughs> and being able to go off and start their own pack. You know, it's more like a wolf going off, uh, starting its own family. Right. It's not so much the classic view of wolves, uh, how we learned from captive wolves which doesn't really represent yeah.
2: them. I'm taking my mental image out of the frat house and into the <laughs> suburbs. I totally get it. In
1: totally some ways the suburbs are far more vicious than the frat house. So, uh No doubt. So, <laughs> the research there, there was this research study that looked at blood samples from wolves in Yellowstone and they found that wolves infected with T gondii were far more likely to disperse uh Far from their home range, and more likely to become leaders of their own packs, so mm. what can we like infer from this, right? because it's tricky like when you find an effect or a correlation like it, it's really difficult to kind of establish causality like is the uh is the parasite causing this boost in confidence? Are more confident animals more likely to be infected with this parasite? So um, I looked into the study, and uh, it seems like they did do a pretty good job in trying to adjust for a lot of factors. So like uh, in the study, parasitic infection increases risk-taking in a social intermediate host carnivore published in Nature. Uh, the authors try to control for a multiple uh, number of factors. So like they would see how T. gondii infections are influenced by sex age uh proximity to cougar populations and they controlled for these factors in their analysis. They also like monitored wolves over a number of months to try to establish causality of infection on behavior. So like they would see like at what point they're like infected and then in the following months how likely they were to like disperse or join their own uh start their own pack. So
2: it's like a it's like they went to like a TED talk for entrepreneurship or something. So <laughs> like the virus is like, you can do it. They're like, you know what? I'm gonna start my own pack. You know like what, I've always been saying.
1: You know what's funny is there is some research on humans um that seems oh to suggest that maybe T Gandhi produces more entrepreneurs. Uh It's
2: fantastic.
1: I'm a little okay. So full disclosure, I'm a little skeptical of this. I think that it's a really interesting idea, and I think we should do more research on it. Um, But I think it's a study that we need to do more follow up on. So, like basically, (laughs) students who were infected with uh, or tested positive for having like a T. Gandhi were one and a half times more likely to major in business.
0: Um, It's incredible.
1: So again, I think. Remember, like the problems that I talked about with the wolf study that they seem to uh control for uh it's a lot it's very hard to do when you're doing an observational study uh where yeah. you have a lot of different kind of human behaviors so like um the study authors admit this is just correlational. They weren't able to establish causality uh, because like for instance, maybe students who are more bold or you know in some kind of like social class to uh, interact more with cats or maybe like eat more like undercooked meat or something like they eat more meat in general. So they are more likely to get infected with T. Gondii because they eat steak a lot or something. Uh, and maybe they're also more likely to be business school students. Uh, and so, you know, it's like it could be a behavioral, asp- a different behavior that both makes them more likely to contract the virus because like, hey, maybe they hang out with cats more or eat more meat or whatever. Um, but also that makes them more likely to be business school students. So, uh,
2: I mean, I, I just want to know how many of them have attended a master class. You know what I mean? Like there's just certain ways that I'd (laughs) like this test to go. How many many of them are like ordering specialty drinks at Starbucks?
1: I want, I want a long-term study on T. Gandhi on whether people invest in crypto. Um, Oh,
2: please. Could we please? (laughs) Thank you. That's all I want. Do they, were they in early on NFTs? Mm-hmm. Like, test those people. Exactly. You
1: know? uh, yeah. Right. And so, like, whether or not you think these are confident and bold behaviors or maybe stupid behaviors, because, like, hey, like, when the wolf starts its own pack, we're like, hey, that's a confident wolf. But when a rat <laughs> gets eaten by a cat, we're like, that's a stupid rat. That's a so- <laughs> dumb
2: rat. And when a when a, your friend forwards you an email about Ethereum, that's a that's been a brain heist. You've been I was brain spe- heist. Oh, speaking
1: of what? Did you see my blind, blind <laughs> copy? CC I CC BCC you. I
2: was gently, I was gently bringing it up with a wink, and uh, you did not acknowledge that wink.
1: Creat- creature cash, creature cash, creature my c- new creature cash, creature cash, creature cash. Here's how it works. <laughs> And you, it's got a
2: little smiling protozoa as yeah. its logo, as its icon. Wink, yeah. wink.
1: Yeah, and it's like <laughs> it's like this: you infect two, five, ten of your friends with Creature Cache, and then a Creature Cache, Creature Cache, and it goes upstream. You got your downstreams. You got your upstream. <laughs> it goes upstream.
2: <laughs> it floats upstream. You know? Floats
1: upstream. We all win, except for yeah. you, but mostly me. <laughs>
2: It's swimming upriver into fortune. Yeah, I don't know what kind of being we're creating here, but I I don't know
1: investing creature cash.
2: (laughs) Give me five hundred dollars for your own slice Mm -hmm. of creature cash. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna go bankrupt, and then get my own. Like, what is it? Where, where is that guy? B- bake, uh,
2: bake. felony I believe it's called <laughs> Be-
1: Beekman Fried no no he's yeah, got yeah, yeah. he's like in where is it? he's in some kind of like resort now hiding out
2: R- right yes he's in, he's in a minimum security beach prison
1: a minimum security <laughs> resort
2: <laughs> he's got a couple years of vacationing to do Ooh,
1: let's test let's test uh baker bake bakerman fried ba- bank bankman fried <laughs> let's test him for t Gandhi.
2: <laughs> he might have it
1: Ooh, he but could get the he... t Gandhi defense your that's honor right. i Ooh, had to defraud these people i was infected
2: i got the bad germs your
1: <laughs> <Honor>. <laughs> right
2: that's why i was so excited about
1: creature cache creature cache
0: <laughs> yeah More info now. Adam, I
1: promised you uh, creepy scientists, and we're going to get into it now.
2: Thank you. That's all I've been asking for.
1: I know. He's like, please tell me about science atrocities, and I deliver.
2: (laughs) Name the trash scientists. I'd like to hear about Right.
1: It's it's not delivery. It's the... golden it's,
2: it's, it's ethical. ethical.
1: Yeah. um yeah. so yeah let's talk about eating garbage uh and of course i'm not talking about g- junk food which is decidedly not garbage have you tasted it it's good
2: <laughs> that's all i've tasted i thought this whole podcast was a gentle rebuke
1: no <laughs> no you know what like Great. yeah it's unhealthy but i feel like once you've committed to a bag of chips you gotta enjoy yeah. it you know what that's right
2: i'm Yes, I'm doing full jalapeno supreme Cheetos right after. <laughs> Just a full bag of those, the jalapeno <laughs> ones, you know, the Are they green actually
0: ones. Actually called jalapeno supreme.
2: No, <laughs> I have <laughs> that title. I forgot what they're called. Jalapeno. <laughs> I want to say blast, but I know that's not right.
1: You gave it's it the, that honorific.
2: Yeah, well, it deserves to be called that, jalapeno. supreme. Sir
1: jalapeno supreme, to you. <laughs> that's right.
2: Give that thing a top hat and a monocle.
1: Right, uh, but yeah. that's the peanuts man. That gets Well, the I feel out. like
2: he's he, he's the most important of the snack creatures.
1: Mr. Cheeto is the cheetah, right? Yeah, Chester. Chester, Chester Cheeto. He's got sunglasses, yeah. and I guess the implication is he's orange, just like the Cheetos. Because I
2: think that's right. It's it's like his dust. He's like literally dusted. Right. All of those chips, <laughs> his, like those little it's puffs. A
1: special cheetah dust. His yeah. <laughs> dandruff. They
2: yeah. Basically. Like his
1: dandruff is the powder on the Cheetos.
2: You ever notice how much more you like cats after you eat Cheetos?
1: Ooh, it's
2: yeah. it's,
1: it's infected with cheese Gandhi. <laughs> That's
2: right. It ain't easy being <laughs> cheesy. That's right. It's a hard life for him.
1: Uh anyways, uh that aside, uh I'm talking about actual trash can garbage, like indigestible garbage. Um mm-hmm. like one of the least appetizing things things well i guess there's a lot of unappetizing things i can creatively think of that come out of a garbage can but um like a styrofoam cup i don't even like using styrofoam as c- cutlery or cuppery i hate the feel of styrofoam like that squeaking well, sound
2: yeah and you feel bad now you oh know I mean? yeah like, I, like it's like man this is this is going to last like two thousand years yeah somewhere.
1: Yeah, it's you know. like we're converting all of the planet into pure styrofoam. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's all that will be left. Uh, but yep. it, on a more personal note uh, is that I just don't like the mouthfeel. I don't like the squeakiness of it. Like the two styrofoam things squeaking against each other, uh, yeah. it hurts um, my soul. I, I don't know. It, it. It. Like I literally have this like reaction, this shuddering reaction to it. Is that... That's certainly not me, right? Like, no, that's me? not
2: you. It's 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 not. It's a little bit squishier and grosser than like two balloons rubbing against each other. Yeah,
1: which
2: is which is also like a, a mortifying squeak.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I don't love yeah. that either. But yes, yeah. I, like the tooth feel too. When I like, yeah. when like styrofoam, like you have a styrofoam cup and it like gently scrapes against your top teeth. I kind of want to die.
2: Well, that's because it like scrapes right off. Ugh. You know what I mean? Like, like styrofoam is like, like it feels like it's made of like the crumbliest material there is. Yeah. Like it feels like it's barely holding together as a solid.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I hate everything about styrofoam, I'm going to be honest. Um yeah. But like for every classy lady like me who refuses to eat styrofoam is a worm with no dignity. So <laughs> let's talk about... Uh, amazingly i wrote that line for myself ahead of time uh so
2: <laughs> a, sh- a shameless worm who just is like i'll eat that styrofoam F- it.
1: right right yeah <laughs> why not um, here's here's me classy lady and here's worm who eats styrofoam <laughs> just, down here like beneath put me.
2: it in my put it in my equivalent of mouth put yeah. it right in there it's
1: just a mouth equivalent of okay. a mouth is just mouth um,
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: worms have mouth uh so uh, do worms
2: ch- worms have mouth?
1: Worms have do mouth. They have- of course they do. I did yeah. not.
2: That sounded insane. That I did not How know. How do that.
1: they eat, Adam? With no mouth?
2: I thought they. I honestly, I thought they absorbed it with their slime powers. I really did.
1: You know, that's not like the worst idea. There are worm-like things that do absorb nutrients through their skin, like the hagfish. Although they also okay. have a mouth, but it's not. So you know, it's not not a not a bad idea. But they do have mouth. Okay. So great. Um, let's chat about the larvae of the darkling beetle. So the darkling beetles are a family of beetles found all over the world in deserts and forests, and they love to eat decaying plant matter, including decaying wood. That's just wood. That's just... (laughs) I don't know it's, what happened. It's wood
2: that's a little tangy.
1: The came wood. So,
2: yeah, wood. It's, a, you know, it's fun, wood. Yeah,
1: wood. Yeah. Get your creature part
2: In a party forest.
1: Get, Get your creature cache. cache. They invested
2: early in creature cache, and then they retired.
1: Get your yeah. cane wood in creature cache. <laughs> <laughs> um... So uh, <laughs> um, we will focus on Zoophobus morio, which is the beetle whose larval stage is uh, called a fun name: superworms. Sure, superworms. Technically, not yeah. like worms. Um, they're larvae. I mean, like sometimes we like call larvae worms by larva or larvae because they're like the larval stage of an insect uh, or an arthropod, uh, and in this case, this beetle. And um, so they're not technically worms, but eh, you know
2: they get a cool nickname though. Superworms, cool great! Nickname. I love it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely.
1: Sounds like he's That's... gonna like, it's like fly around the city solving and defeating crime, and the criminal's gonna be like, ow, it just hit my face. Is this a little noodle? No, it's Superworm. Taking... That's Superworm. Superworm.
2: <laughs> Wrestling your crime from you with its apparently with its mouth." Right. Uh, it also sounds like the exact name of a ska band I may or may not have started in high school.
1: Really? You know? Wait. Yeah. Why not? Literally, or just what it might. Or,
2: been. B- or in this bit. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a, It's the kind of name ska bands were taking in the late '90s.
1: I'm sorry to like you know? put your bit on trial. Of like, is that the truth, <laughs> you Adam? Really did. Are you, you really telling did. lies to me, your yes. friend?
2: Where was this? Where was this bit five seconds earlier when it was uttered <laughs> without consequence? Does it have an alibi?
1: <laughs> so <And> it doesn't. <laughs> Z- uh, so Zophobus morio, um, as adults, are matte black beetles that can grow over two inches or fifty-seven millimeters long. You know, they're they're just kind of normal looking beetles. Um, the superworm larvae, the baby version of the beetles, are light brown in color. Uh, and grow to be around one and a half inches to two inches or 50 to 60 millimeters long. So you know, you know they're not like huge, but they're I guess they're called superworms because they look like large, like extra large mealworms. Um, they're actually that makes used, sense. yeah, they're actually used to feed uh, pet insectivores like birds, reptiles, and fish. so like pet owners sure. will buy these and feed them to their animals.
2: Well, and it sounds like the kind of thing that's, that's got to be better than normal worms right. for my pet, right? Fortified also, worm. Yeah, for, exactly. You know, like like dirt-enriched worms. Those yeah. are the good kinds. Yeah,
1: part of a balanced like, beak fist. A
2: balanced parrot meal. Yeah. Uh, I do I do feel like uh, Super Worms is a little bit of a treacherous name, because what I want is for the worm to be gigantic, mm. and for the beetle that comes out of it to be normal-sized. <laughs> like, if, we never see that in nature, we like, do this actually. Thing. Oh, we do? Okay, Not with great.
1: worms, but we have the uh, paradoxical frog where the the tadpole is kind of larger or longer than the uh, frog. And it's just that this tail sort of gets absorbed by the frog as it's metamorphosizing from a tadpole into a frog. And so it's just kind of using up that tail energy during its metamorphosis. Um, and so it looks... it's seems like the frog is like smaller uh like somehow there has been a loss of matter here but it's just. but it's
2: but it's not a big change right like it's a it's a smallest change
1: it's yeah it's not like a it's not a ridiculous change
2: because that's what i want i want the worm to be like a foot long and i want the frog to be or the beetle to be normal sized yeah like it's like the worm was a high school quarterback
1: like, like a it Benjamin, really early,
2: like a <laughs> Benjamin
1: Button situation, except that yeah. Benjamin Button, because like in the movie, it's like he comes out small. Um, right. Here's right. okay. Now here's what is confusing about Benjamin Button. I've always Thank had you. this problem with it. Thank you. It, the idea, the conceit of the movie is that Benjamin Button is born old and gets young. Okay, right. got it. But when he's born yeah. old, he's small. He's little. He's like an right, old man. Be baby.
2: Because
1: he's got to come out somehow. And so he's got to be small. <sighs> okay. As the movie progresses, he gets younger and younger and so turns back into baby. But right. he's small again. So right. here's my problem. He Why should he be big giant? baby at fetus. Yeah,
2: he should penis. be
1: giant baby. Because he starts problem. out small and ends up small again. It doesn't right. make it's- any sense.
2: It's like old Tommy Melville or Hermie Hermie Melville is trying to hide the absolute horror of this concept. You know what I mean? <laughs> like this is a horrifying concept. A little but, less
1: oh. cute if Kate Blanchett yeah. is walking along with her former lover who's now a baby. Um which I always thought was weird. That's like, insane. Yes. Um but now, like instead it's just walking along with a giant baby is like you used to be my lover. Now you're a giant baby.
2: That's so much funnier though. It's like, super like, funny. Legitimately so funny. Like a like a baby the size of a normal person, like a six right. foot tall baby. You know? <laughs> like she has to push this bassinet that's like the size of a limousine. <laughs> you know? <It's, laughs> honestly that's that's a good movie. I'm Come into on. that.
1: Baby Brad Pitt. Let's uh, you know. Yeah. This, where's like, my where's
2: that reboot? Wait, where's that reboot?
1: Poorly conceived metaphor for dementia. Um anyways, we were talking about worms. Uh we sure were. And in fact, not worms, but larva. So yeah. super worms are incredibly super, and not just because um they are food for birds and that they are slightly larger than then mealworms, they have another superpower. So they can eat styrofoam, which is bananes.
2: Why? Why? Why can they eat it?
1: Huh? Well, I'll answer that question for you, Adam. Uh, first of all, what's styrofoam? Styrofoam or polystyrene is a synthetic polymer. It's not biodegradable, meaning that if left outside, bacteria and microorganisms will not break it down. So it's not great for the environment because it just we we take energy to make it and then now it's it's not being reclaimed by the earth and it sits there in landfills.
2: Right. Exactly. It ages more than like Roman Colosseums. <laughs> you know like it's like you know what I mean? It's like, you know, the 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 ruins of our society are all going to be like styrofoam coffee cups, yeah.
1: Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> um but somehow superworms can eat styrofoam. So, um full disclosure, styrofoam is not the most nutritious or delicious food for these superworms, but they can do it. So, they'll take
2: they'll take it in a pinch. It's like mac and cheese for them. <laughs>
1: exactly yeah
2: okay great
1: craft we're talking about craft not annie's right because annie's is you know
2: no annie's is a delicacy craft mac and cheese is is the ultimate fill in the blank food
1: i used to at the lowest point in my life uh eat it (laughs) when it was refrigerated and start and became sort of like a cake um yeah because you'd like refrigerate it and then like Take it out of the little pot and it just sort of come out as as a cake, <laughs> as, a,
2: as a little loaf and of I'd mac and sli-
1: cheese. Take a nice slice out of cold mac and cheese. I fixed myself. Don't worry. Yeah, that's um, a real
2: nadir for sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's
2: that's the moment in the screenplay where you get your crew together mm-hmm. and fight back. Finally, right I'm after in a, that,
1: in a screenplay, I'd inexplicably be in my underpants while doing this, but <laughs> generally, I was clothed.
2: Thank, thank God,
1: <laughs> thank God, um, yeah, thank God. So, uh, yeah, um, on to the the scientists being mean to larvae. Um, so, in a twisted University of Queensland study, super worms uh, were divided into three groups: those who were fed bran flakes, uh, those who were served a heaping uh, pile of nothing. And then those who were fed styrofoam. So uh, in a a study that could only be done because we apparently have no sympathy for larva, um, they compared the outcomes of these three groups of superworms. So the superworms who got to eat bran flakes were living large. Yeah,
2: having a great life. Of course they were. Having a great life.
1: Yeah, they were fat. They were happy. And they pupated, meaning they metamorphosized from the larva to an adult stage, over 90% of the time. So they're doing great. Yeah. The superworms who got nothing and then were told to like it um, didn't do so good. They uh, didn't really gain weight. They only pupated 10% of the time. So, you know, not a good situation. Surprising <laughs> the rest any- died, right? I mean, presumably I, I think that like for a lot there there was like they had to pause the study because too many of them were resorting to cannibalism. So Incredible. like they had Incredible. to isolate they had to isolate the superworms so they couldn't literally eat each other, do a Donner party situation of superworms.
2: It turns into the walking dead in there, you know what I right. mean? Like it's just yeah, an endless tale of sorrow yeah. and morality. <laughs> Great.
1: Um and then uh, there's just like one worm that's always going like coral coral <laughs> coral 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 over coral. coral. coral.
2: <laughs> it's wearing a hat, but always yeah. sad in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh.
1: And then these super worms who were fed styrofoam actually slowly gained weight. You know, not as not as well as the bran eaters, but they were able to pupate 67 percent of the time. So. This seems to indicate that styrofoam is way better than nothing. (laughs) What what an insane test! They could have put literally
2: anything there and proven that. I feel like you know what I mean. Like not, (laughs) I mean something that's not poison, okay? But like they could have put any food stuff there. That's better, and and proven that it's better than zero food.
1: Well, no, I mean it actually makes sense because if styrofoam could not be digested, as we assume, like it probably shouldn't be, then it should um, be zero.
2: It should be the same. It should be the
1: same as the ones that get nothing. Because like if you are given like like here, eat some sand, you're not going to do well. It's not going to be better than nothing. Um, Ten
2: percent of me will pupate. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking of like like tiny atoms bursting yeah. out of like
2: one little foot becomes another me. Yeah, you know, exactly. That's
1: what well, that's yeah. I mean that's budding. You're talking about reproducing by budding, like a coral, like coral, like a coral. That's what like coral's coral.
2: Do. Uh, no, like there'd be a little chrysalis around, you know, my yeah. left leg or whatever. Yeah, and
1: then and it's Adam's face on a butterfly's body. <laughs>
2: I, only, an improvement. I think everybody gets improved by that. Right. <laughs> I feel like that's a win for everybody. A Nature, human face me.
1: on a butterfly's body is... Um, yeah. mm, I'm that's picturing it and I'm not yeah. loving it. Big so, W
2: in the sky, I say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So this indicates the fact that they not only gained weight, but they were able to pupate. So they had enough energy and nutrition to pupate. A shockingly, you know, passing grade... Of 67%. That's- <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a college D. Yeah, you um, right.
1: Yeah. Um, means that they were able to get a shocking amount of nutrition from the styrofoam. So researchers suspect that there is some kind of symbiotic relationship between the superworms and a gut bacteria. And that somehow together, the larva and the gut bacteria managed to digest this typically inedible material. So, uh, you know, because, like, if you put styrofoam out, like, on the ground, it doesn't break down, like, you right. know, generally speaking, like, by from bacteria. Even if you, like, put it in water, I don't think it really breaks down. Right. But somehow, there is something going on with this superworm that there is potentially some symbiotic relationship where it's able to digest this. It's sort of like with termites. Um, termites will eat wood and be able to derive nutrients from that thanks to uh, symbiotic um, bacteria that they have in their mm. guts. And if you've wondered, like, okay, well, wait, if bacteria can eat wood, uh, then why isn't my house just a rotting you know, pile of mush? Well, like, wood will break down. Like, say you, if you have, like, a chair and you've ever had it, like, sit out, it's unfinished and it's, like, uh, sits out in the rain and it gets, it rots. It'll degrade um, it
2: over time. Yeah, yeah, it'll... Right, right exactly, because the
1: the water is a good environment for the bacteria to thrive. In like a dry environment, um, the the wood is, you know, it's like the bacteria has kind of nowhere to survive. And so the termite, since the bacteria, it's like happy in the in the termite's gut, it can survive in there. Um, and then when the termite breaks down the wood and eats it. The bacteria that can then process the wood and actually turn it into usable nutrients for the bacteria or for the termite. So the Makes thought, sense. so the thought is maybe somehow the superworm and this bacteria are able to work together in a way that it can digest the styrofoam. Obviously, it did not evolve to digest styrofoam because styrofoam came way after the right, evolution of, of this thing. It's just incidental because it breaks down plant material, rotting wood. So it must have some pretty, you know, great gut bacteria that helps it break down. And incidentally, seems to also help it break down styrofoam. So it
2: feels it feels like we're we're like 10 years from some scientists just pouring it on a landfill. Just That's taking what a, yeah. a mountain of superworms and pouring it on a landfill. I though, mean, right? this is
1: what like this is the application they're thinking that maybe we can use this to help break down styrofoam. I mean, like right. obviously, like the better thing is that we don't create the problem in the first place um, and find better materials to make than styrofoam. But yeah, like having having. Uh, animals that can break down like plastics and styrofoam would be good for our already existing heaping piles of trash that we have created. But
2: then you, then you got the problem of like the beetles have too much leverage. Mm. You know what I mean? And then, we, and then we have another. We got a war on our hands and I'm, treaties. We got to make beetle treaties. I'm in you
1: favor know? of the beetles union, honestly.
2: Of course, who wouldn't be? Yeah, you know, you know, what? they didn't ask for this.
1: Exactly. I mean, like, uh, I kind of also love the idea of, of these little super worms going on strike and having tiny signs. It's adorable. I like that, too.
2: I like that, too. I like uh, I like them having to sort out conflicts with their beetle overlords. Right,
1: exactly. Wait, you know? no, wait, no. Yeah. The worms are the beetle's babies. We would be the well, overlords because we'd be, like, literally enslaving <laughs> their babies to make them eat our styrofoam.
2: I feel like I can't be the first to break the idea of generational oppression to you okay? <laughs> I, feel, I, I, I feel like
1: so you're saying you these beetles be are of like that. yes humans take our babies and make them work in the styrofoam mines and
2: pay and pay us and you know pay us and whatever beetles want bring you know, back
1: like, larva labor laws
2: bring them back that's right they weren't in them cuz i
1: don't think yeah. they exist
2: i'm pretty sure that wasn't pork barreled onto somebody's <laughs> You know, somebody's bill a few it's years like ago.
1: Senator M. Wiggles? <laughs> <Can> I-
2: <laughs> Senator Jim Bugs passed a bill, submitted a bill to Congress today. Can you imagine?
1: Yeah. It's
2: about larval treatment, and everyone's like, get the hell out of here. And it's
1: just like that guy from Men in Black. He's like, oh, this oh is my God. <laughs> good for Nebraska.
2: Give us sugar, and then
1: we can do our vote. <laughs> Please, more water with sugar. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love superworms. I, I love, I, but I feel like uh, you know, it's like also just like give them bran once in a while. Let them eat something them- nice. Yeah, I mean,
2: I know that people are tossing out extra boxes of raisin bran once in a while. I know that's happening. I pick out or the raisins, not- honestly. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm, not, I'm not a big two scoops guy. It's okay. Raisin is it? bran is okay with the right.
1: raisins, milk. It's and okay with raisins, milk and raisins don't work for me. Cold okay. milk and raisins. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. I don't settle. I mean, I was raised. Katie on it. doesn't settle for cereal, and I
2: I respect that. That's why you founded Greedgeish. Quiche.
1: Quiche. Uh, Creature
2: because because you were looking for a better currency. You're, I remember.
1: you will you downflows and you're up. Flows will thank you when you invest in Creature Cache. Creature Cache. Just get five of your friends to invest in Creature Cache and the value of Creature Cache will skyrocket.
2: Will quintuple.
1: (laughs) Will quad Yeah,
2: that's real math. That's (laughs) real real math, math, you know. Real math. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the graphic real math slides in with an extra I point. I just
1: create a PowerPoint where I'm just like, it's just a line that shoots right up and like, this is where it's going. <laughs> it's going up.
2: Followed by just a couple of slides with bugs on them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I like this presentation. <laughs> you sold me instantly.
1: And then I just yeah. sh- like demonstrate, I'm like like with some super worms eating a styrofoam cup and they're so odd that they invest yeah. in creature cash. Right. Like this is the with kind styrofo- of This is the kind of entrepreneurship, creature cash funds, and then it's like worms.
2: A styrofoam cup that says profits on it profits. and they're just eating it up. And they're eating them. These, <laughs> these larva are you? Yeah, you're the larva. Yeah. You the larva.
1: I I yeah. didn't that TEDx talk.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'd give that for money. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> well, before we go, we got to play a little game. The game is oh, called please. Guess Who's Squawking? The Mystery Animal Sound Game. Every week I introduce a mystery animal sound. And you, the listener, hey, you, the guest, try to guess who's squawking. The rules is it's any animal. Um, and That's I, amazing. Yeah. It can be any animal. It can be more well-known animals. It could be some obscure animal you've never heard of. Um, it's not necessarily a fair game, um, okay. But Great. you know, it's educational. So shut up. So- <laughs> All right. So last week's <laughs> mystery animal sound. The hint was not quite a gobbler. So again, the hint: not quite a gobbler. And here is okay. the sound. <laughs> So Adam, did you hear that little? Boop, boop, ooh, ooh, Yeah. So, ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Ooh.
2: yeah. It was like a. It was like, like a cute fish like flirting with a waiter. Ooh,
1: ooh, ooh. It's that waitress. Yeah. who's like, ooh, it's ooh, that waitress. And you're like, ah, she's, she's she like, wants she's to marry me. me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she's into it.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. She was also a fish. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, Any guesses? Not quite a gobbler, is your?
1: Not quite a gobbler.
2: Okay. Alright. So I guess that leaves me with only one logical guess, and me. that is that this is a turkey vulture.
1: That is so close, and I love it. Oh oh. I love okay. it. It's not quite true. Uh, I got some guesses okay. from listeners too for turkey vultures, and you guys are picking up what I'm putting down, but it's another it's another one, and this is funny because this is the Australian brush turkey. Oh yeah. okay, cool. So it's another thing bird that's called a turkey who's not a turkey uh Got it. congratulations to amanda m who is the only one who gets correctly uh mm. usually I, ha- I do it where it's like the first three but like this time I, this one was real <laughs> real head scratcher um so, the and what
2: does she get? What does she get? It's some creature keys. <laughs>
1: so you get 100 a couple of shares kash. right now. Yeah. It's worth only yeah. 0. 000 000 000 000 000 000 0.00000000001 dollars. But in the future, who knows?
2: It'll be worth one,
1: one dollar. <laughs> that's, that's
2: how good it'll be. Yeah.
1: So, yes, the Australian brush turkey is found in can you guess? Australia. That's right. Uh, what if I Thank was
2: you. like, no? <laughs> I would be like, oh God, this is a dangerous game.
1: Yeah, so it's found in Eastern Australia and it's not related at all to American turkeys.
2: So does it does it look like a turkey? Kinda.
1: Um, so okay. it, it has black feathers, a bald red head and neck, and a yellow wattle that kinda looks like a fleshy, wrinkly, mildly scrotal necklace. Um the sure the males will build a mound of leaves and dirt, which he hopes females will come to use to lay her eggs after she mates with him. So um, he can mate with multiple females at once, and they all leave their eggs in this mound. Um, And he carefully constructs it. It's got dirt in it. It's got decaying leaves. And he kind of like sticks his face in there to check to make sure the temperature is good for egg hatching. And he also has to fend off rival males who want to steal his dirt mound.
2: Sure. A sweet pad, you know, is really important in in dating, you know.
1: Isn't that the human condition? We're all just fighting over dirt.
2: Yes. Yes, (laughs) that is. I believe my favorite show, Succession, that had the Mm -hmm. line "Uh, life is a knife fight in the muck.
1: Mm, Yes. Mm, Quite. Yeah. I mean, the Australian brush turkey certainly uh, certainly agrees. To that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can you, like Certain succession, agrees. but like, Australian brush turkeys, and it's all these going. Like,
2: yeah. also mistreating its children. You know, like, <laughs> le- le- leading its actually, children to believe that it loves it. Nope.
1: Actually, you know, speaking of that, like, yeah, it's not one of the mo- like. Compared to most bird species, this is not the most attentive parent. Once they hatch, oh. the baby brush turkeys are fully fledged meaning they can fly as soon as their wings dry so like within hours they can they just fend for themselves there's no more parental care that's it
2: wow get so a the, job the adult you, did get a job the adult turkey's like what, you yeah. still, you're not chipping in on rent
1: yeah you just like you're hatched go get a job
2: that's so good yeah i love it
1: yeah so you know very much like succession i guess although i guess like wait isn't succession a bunch of rich kids who are like, yeah,
2: they none, none of them have a real job. Even right. even the running the company doesn't feel like a real job mm. when you see what they do. Wow, anyway.
1: how unrealistic! I say, yeah. pay, while yeah. I'm funded by companies, <laughs>
2: <laughs> while I talk about bugs for an hour for money.
1: <laughs> I love companies. I am not yeah. infected with brainworm that lesions <laughs> me into loving company urine.
2: I believe that. Yeah. Agree. What if there's yeah. like
1: a there's like a T. Gandhi eye that makes makes you like attracted to uh, capitalism?
2: Oh my dude! If you don't think that somebody's working on that, if that was a real thing, it's <laughs> if that's like priority number one.
1: Maybe they already know? have.
2: Maybe we're already eating it. I do really like those <laughs> Cheetos I mentioned earlier.
1: That's right. The the yeah. the. What was it, Sir Supreme? Black jalapeno supreme. <laughs> Baja- jalapeno supreme, Mister Jalapeno supreme.
2: Yeah, that's right. I'd do anything to eat those. I'd rather have that than a pot roast. Or I'd whatever. rather
1: have that than a good community. <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm gonna true. get. I'm gonna get like most of my comments on this show are very lovely and sweet, and I love. I love them and I love all of you listeners. But once in a while, I get someone who I think has wandered into the wrong classroom and will leave a comment <laughs> where it's like, I mentioned vaccines. It's like, why do you have to get all political? I'm like, ma'am, this is a science podcast. <laughs> I vaccines
2: are a medical reality, I independent. Know we like,
1: I know we like to get silly and joke about like Cheeto brain heists, but it is- science based, so you know. But I'm probably gonna, gonna get I'm probably gonna get someone who's like, Wha wow, why did you get all political with with the capitalism brain virus? And it'll be fun.
2: You're gonna get it with somebody who's like, Why'd you have to get all political about that br- that brush turkey? It right. could have been a bush turkey. I'm right. personally part of the bush turkey clan. And it's like, <laughs> all right man, didn't mean to step into your whole thing.
1: Why'd you Moonstep have to in get? Your world? Why'd you have to get all political, saying you don't like styrofoam? What are you, <laughs> a communist?
2: I happen to work for Big Styrofoam. They put food <laughs> on my table, and most of it's styrofoam. It's styrofoam food, and I can eat it.
1: Right, right. It's y- you want me out of a job in the styrofoam <laughs> mines. That's right. You're <laughs> just going there with
2: an axe, hacking out big lumps of styrofoam.
1: Right, getting the foam lung. Yeah. Yeah. Um, getting-
2: <laughs> yep, that's what's happening. Uh, that's a Americana. Good Anyways,
1: yeah. um, on to this week's Mystery Animal Sound. Here's the hint. It's a fashionista with a great sense for what look is in season. So again, the hint is it's a fashionista with a great sense for what look is in season. Any guesses? Uh,
2: I, I, it's gotta be a peacock, right? Or like a, or like a, a dapper monkey of some kind.
1: A dapper monkey.
2: <laughs> some kind, of, yeah. You know, the West African dapper monkey. The
1: the dapper tufted fence monkey. <laughs>
2: Anthropod yes, yeah. that's, that's my guess. But no, um, I, I feel like I feel like peacock is the closest thing I can think of to your prompt to your hint.
1: Now the listener can't see my face, but this is an impartial. It's disappointed. It's a yeah. no, no. It's an impartial. I'm going for impartial. It's an impartial okay. mask of impartiality because yeah. the answer won't be revealed until next week. Go. On the next episode of Creature Feature, where you'll mm. find out the answer to this and also how Creature Cache is doing on the markets.
2: It's up. It's it has up. to be up.
1: <clears throat> it's, it's just up. you and
2: me that have any have shares.
1: It's so up. it's got to be up. The compound interest, man, is just like, I can't even tell you.
2: <laughs> That's where you really make your money.
1: You got to divest. Interest. You got to invest. Yeah. yeah. You got to yeah. like fold it.
2: You got to know and when to fold it. You got to know
1: hold. when to fold it and yeah, know when to hold part. it. That's yeah. the <laughs> tricky part. It's like people think it's knowing when to fold it, which is the tricky part. It's actually knowing when to hold it. It's the holding. It's the it's holding. The part. Yeah. We have so many holdings. Anyways, Um. so, hey, you know what? Here's the end of the podcast now. But, Adam, thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. Me. It was great to see you too. Just also because 'cause oh, you're so my great. friend. So it's like Oh man,
2: I miss your face.
1: Um, I miss you too, I miss man. Your face. And it's like this is my secret ploy where it's like, ha, ah, be on my podcast. Now you have to be f- <laughs> now friendly we have to with be friends. me. <laughs> now you have to be friendly for about an hour.
2: Honestly, I feel like that's how most of our friendships work now.
1: <laughs> and pretty much. I mean? <laughs> pretty much. How can I monetize this friendship?
2: Hey. We've all, we've all accepted the brain virus right? and exactly. uh, are doing, we're all doing well. We're all, right. all of us are doing well.
1: So it's nice ex- yeah. exchanging labor with you. Um, yes, it really is. <laughs> uh, so where can people find you?
2: Thank you for asking. So uh, my, my primary podcast that I do with uh, Michael Swame is on the iHeart Network, and you mentioned it earlier. It's One Upsmanship. It is about video games where we decide which video games deserve to be preserved for aliens on a celestial hard drive, uh, so check that out. Putt and, putt uh, goes to
1: space. Putt putt that, goes to space.
2: That's it. That's it. We can make the case. You could make
1: putt, the case. Putt putt goes to space. I got it in a cereal box. <laughs>
2: that should be a new theme song for us. Um, <laughs> I have a couple other podcasts. For those of you who are just enamored with my voice, I talk about movies and the the art of directing and uh, sharing media with your friends. And also, we have a new podcast about the multiverse. All yeah. of that is over on the small beans Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash small beans. Go check it out. We'd love to uh, we'd love for you to hear some of that stuff. And if you feel like it, toss us a buck or two. We'd yeah. sure be grateful. Do Thank it. Thank you. Do it. Yeah.
1: Um and they do take creature cash. Uh, oh. I just checked. That's our
2: primary that's our primary <laughs> currency.
1: It's Preacher very it's very secure because when you get a creature cache, what you're getting is like a handwritten note from me with a little smiling <laughs> face that like, this is indicative of one creature yes, cache. Yes,
2: that's right. This indicates a creature cache. <laughs> uh, it's also a smiling protozoan, as we agreed right, to earlier. Right, with
1: a little w- winky face.
2: Right, it's like got a mitochondria for a grin. One of you its know?
1: flagella is giving a thumbs up. <laughs>
2: That's right. <laughs> Thumbs up for the.
1: <laughs> that's
2: right. Yeah, uh, love yeah. it.
1: Thank you guys so much for listening um, and investing in my pyramid scheme. Uh, if you're enjoying the show and you want to leave a comment, even if it's like to um, get mad at me for it, my financial scams, <laughs> um, yeah, do that because it actually really helps. I read all the comments. I really enjoy them, and I, It's also I'm gonna be straight with you. It, the algorithm loves that. It just eats oh, yeah. that right up. It's like a comment, huh? This must be a good podcast, um, and we must all obey the algorithm. That's, <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know,
2: it is our lord and master. It
1: yes. really, it truly is. Uh, <laughs> it's not even a joke. Um, and hey, thank you to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song "Exolumina." Creature features a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or hey, guess what? Wherever you listen to your favorite shows, I going to be honest with you, don't care. Whatever you want. Listen to wherever you want. You know what? (laughs) I'm a free thinker. See you next Wednesday Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash.
2: Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: This is Amy Brown from 4 Things with Amy Brown. Today,
0: Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen.